Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. Today we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to deal with something that's just like hideous. Oh, hideous. Hideous is like one of those words that just sounds like it should be, you know, it's like hideous. You just know it's bad. Or like the, another one is like the word lust. Like you just, Ooh, Ooh, lust. That's good. That can't be good. Like, I don't know, but hideous. Yeah, we're going to deal with something hideous. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. That's awesome. Yeah. So glad we came today. <laughs> now, I'm going to look into bitterness for a little bit. Now, bitterness is a big, nasty, hideous, life-sucking, hope-destroying killer. Now, you're really glad you came to church. I am. No. <laughs> I... I just, I just love to see stuff like this defeated in people's lives. So sometimes you have to expose what it is because, because this thing is so hideous. You don't, you don't even know. You don't even know. It's like a, it's just so, it's so good at destroying and sucking life out of people. It's so good at it that the devil, the devil, he done got himself a good weapon with that one. He done, he do. But you know what? You got, you got better stuff in you. Bitterness is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, comes from, it comes from the bad, the evil. It's based in lies. Based in lies about, lies about yourself. It's based in, in lies about, about others. You start to say stuff to yourself like, you know, well, I, I deserve something better. I, 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 I was wronged. I need justice. I need something fair, right? Or you start to pointing other people. See, that's the great thing about bitterness. It, 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 it does not care what it's on ramp is. It just, it'll just drive straight into that garage. I know I say that funny, don't I? I literally don't know how to say it correctly. My children still to this day, dad, dad, say, say where you parked the car. <laughs> I'm like, you're 30 years old. Why do I still have to do this? You know what I, how I say it. <laughs> Again, enough about you, Bob. Okay, so bitterness is so nasty. <laughs> I get distracted. <sighs> it's just nasty. Life, yeah, you already said that several times, Bob. Oh, oh they don't deserve that. Or, or you get offended, you know, like, oh, I'm offended. They, they did not respect me. They, they did not treat me well. They dishonored me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because we can we can wrap this bitter thing into into religious mindsets, right? I I if if you've ever met bitterness tends find a track, Bob. Just just find a track. Bitterness comes in like you can be loud about it. Like you can meet a bitter person. Like literally, you're just like they're just like they suck the life out of you. You're just like oh please stop talking, please. Oh, dear Jesus, get me out of this room. Like, oh, this person's just so bitter. There's not one. Can you just find... 
Can you find a flower you like? You know what's bad about flowers? I smelled a flower once. Oh, God, help me. And then there's other people who are bitter, and they just hold it in. And they look good. And, they, they, they're, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like they'll leave the situation or leave the person or, you know, Thanksgiving day is over, and they'll be like, oh, I hate that person. I cannot, I cannot believe I had to spend the whole day in there. I mean, it's just, it just is hideous. It's hideous. I don't even know why I was trying to make that point. But it can lurk in the darkness. And then it just, it'll pop out. It'll pop out. And you'll be like, wow, I never knew that person was so bitter. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of variety. I'm not going to cover it completely, but I did want to give a story Shocking, I know. I wanted to give a Bible story where I see, I see some bitterness. And it, I, it's like, I'm going to tell this story. Then it's like, Bob, you're going to ruin the story for people. I'll, and then they're going to be bitter against you. And I'll, <laughs> but, but I, no, I, it's, it's just, it's like this little, little thread in a, in a huge story, an epic narrative. So it's out of the life of David. We're going to look in, uh, we're going to start in 2 Samuel 16. If you care to follow along. Now, in the, in, the, in the situation that we find ourselves in this particular aspect of the story, and again, it's hard for me not to get too complicated because life is complicated. David's life is incredibly complicated, and the story is incredibly complicated. And if you'd like to hear the entire story as best I can tell it, then you can listen to the 60-plus-hour podcast that I've been putting out for the past year. I'm 57 episodes into this thing, and I'm still not done with it, but feel free to enjoy it. It'll take up your whole weekend if you try to listen to it all at once. But enough about me. In the current... In the current situation that we find this story, David, David is in the, in the front end of a, of a civil war that he just didn't see coming. Absalom is on his way into Jerusalem on one side of the city, and David is on his way out of the other side. David, it, it, it wasn't a military coup, it was a political coup, it was a government coup. Uh, Absalom had just spent probably the last two and a half months down in Hebron, which was the, the southern uh, capital city, which where David reigned for seven years before he moved up into Jerusalem. And, and uh, Absalom went down to give a sacrifice to God, because trust me, if you want to be deceptive, please drag God into it, because then no one will question what you're doing. And Absalom goes down to give a sacrifice to the Lord, and and he's, and he's just gathering government officials, and he's gathering loyalty from every tribe, every clan, every, every uh, uh, trade partner. Thank you, Bob. Uh, he's, just, he's just gathering all this, all this support, all this support. And when everything has kind of hit the crescendo, he's like, all right, let's go to the city and just take it over. And that's when David figures out what's going on. Up until that point, his, oh, his precious son, Absalom, is down there sacrificing to the Lord. That's so nice. 
Now Absalom's coming in the one door and David's running out the back. He decides not to put up a fight. He's running. He's literally running and people are weeping and wailing and they're like, no, David, no, the light of Israel is leaving and they're crying and and David's going and he's not far, trust me. By the time Absalom gets to the palace, David is probably within 300 yards of the city. He didn't get far. He's running with women and children and servants and 600 palace guards, 600 palace guards. This is another little, little tidbit blows my mind. They go to David or David goes to them. He's like, listen, you guys don't have to follow me. All right. You, and, and he calls the captain of the guard. He's not an Israelite. He's a convert. And all the men that, that were palace guards came from other countries. They were not God's chosen people. David had converted them to the worship of Yahweh. He's like, listen, go back to your families. You don't have to protect me. And and they're like, no, absolutely not. We, for what you've brought to us, we will die for you. I I just, oh man, that'll preach, Bob. Yeah, but we're dealing with bitterness today, Bob. (laughs) Move along. Get out the city, because that's where you actually wanted to start the story. (sighs) It's true. Okay. David goes out of the city. He's running up probably the Mount of Olives. And, and on his way up, he meets this guy. There you go. Now we're there. Whew. A man from the same clan as Saul's family came out there. His name was Shimmy. Shim, shimmy, shim, shimmy, shim, shim, shiree. What? You don't like my voice? They're back there going, stop, you're already distracted. I know, it's true. Shimmy, Shimmy gets, Shimmy is from the clan of Saul. So that means, now if you remember, when Saul was in charge of the, of the kingdom, uh, sorry, there's so many details. Generally, Saul created an environment of manipulation and control. It doesn't mean that he was, I don't think Saul was an evil person. I don't. I think he had a a wonderful heart, but he had a a strong, deep issue of self-rejection that just kept him constantly trying to protect himself. And and so everybody in Saul's cabinet happened to come from his family. Imagine that, because when you want control and manipulation, you have to keep your friends close and your enemies even closer. So he kept them all really close. Anybody that might have a possible uh, attack on his kingdom, he would... He would benefit them. He'd give them, you know, relieve them of taxes, give them property, and he'd give them a title. And so everybody in Saul's family benefited. And all the rest of the tribes tended to suffer, especially the southern two tribes. And so Shimei is coming out and he sees an opportunity because in his mind, in his mind, this is all David's fault. Saul's dead because of David. If, if David hadn't taken over the kingdom, Saul would still be alive. Now, I, I know what the truth is. The truth is Saul killed himself in battle. Saul's sons were killed in battle. And when David took over the kingdom, he literally made sure everybody knew, I am not going after the family of Saul. They can keep what they got. I'm not killing any of them. And everybody's like, wait, what? That's not how we do things. And David's like, for the sake of my love for Jonathan, I am not touching the family of Saul. 
He literally asked people, can you find a relative of Saul's that I can bring them into the palace and sit at my table on a daily basis? And he did that. So here's Shimmy. And he's, he's bitter. Because his meal cart killed itself. That's a terrible way to end. I know. I, got, I, got, I can't do all the details. Saul's dead. This is all David's fault. David's now on the, on the downward turn. Here's another thing about bitterness, right? You decide you're bitter. Trust me, bitterness does not care about the facts. It will find evidence to feed itself, and it will, it will chew on the lies and on, on, their, on your potential motivation. It'll, find, it'll, it'll assign motivations to people. Be like, I don't care what they said. I know why they did it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bitterness is, it is hideous. And Shimmy's living it. And he, I'll tell you another thing. Bitterness, bitterness thinks the whole world agrees with it. There can be no other way to interpret what is going on except my way. Because I know the truth. So Shimmy sees David clearly in the throes of, of, a, of a takeover. He is down. He is out. And Shimmy's like, ah, I'm going to get him now. And, and, and in the language, it, it talks basically, Shimmy's on like an upper ridge. David's on a roadway r- running up, right? And, Shimmy, and Shimmy starts throwing rocks at him. Now, David is literally, remember, he's guarded by 600 men. Do you have any idea of the ignorance it is to start throwing rocks at a king who's surrounded by 600 soldiers? The pride you have to have to think, I can do this. This person deserves this. But that's the, that's the illusion that bitterness will drive you right into that garage. <laughs> I said that for the benefit of those of you that were like, wait, did, what did he say? There you go. I said it again. He starts yelling at him. Get out. Get out, you murderer. You scoundrel. That's such a great biblical word. The Lord, see again, if you're going to beat somebody down and curse them, definitely get God on your side. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul. What? He didn't. He didn't. Do not confuse bitterness with the facts. You're reigning in his place. The Lord has given the kingdom into the hands of your son, Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a murderer. Now, David, uh, yes, I mean, that part is technically true. He, yeah, he definitely killed a few people. <laughs> He's just, he, just won't, he just won't stop. Now, David has this guard next to him. It's his nephew, Abishai, right? Abishai's a great character. And, and this is what I picture Abishai, like he's, he's got his shield up, you know, because the rocks are coming. You murderer, you scoundrel, you terrible person. You killed Saul. You killed his sons. You killed Jonathan. I mean, I'm sure David, I mean, because bitterness is just, it just vomits vile lava of nastiness all over people. So the shield is up and, and the stones are hitting it and there's dust flying everywhere. And, they, and David's, you know, hunkered down under whatever and he's 
sitting next to Abishai. Abishai looks at him. I picture Abishai. He, he puts his hand on his sword. He goes, who is this dead dog to be throwing rocks at you? You want me to kill him? Now that, that points to this fact. Shimmy's alone. All right? Bitterness thinks everybody's with them. Bitterness will keep telling you, oh, you, if you just tell people how bad that person is, they're all going to agree with you. They're all going to agree with you. They're all going to, everybody, everybody's on your side. Everybody's on your side. And you're like, yeah, they are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Shimmy's like, I got this. I got this. The whole world's with me. Ha, ah, David, you're a murderer, scoundrel. You kill everybody. You don't deserve to be king. God's doing this to you. This is awesome. <laughs> Abishai's like, you, I will cut his head off right now. I mean, he is out here all by himself. David, just, just, please tell me, please tell me to kill him. Now, David, David responds. And he responds from a lie. David said to Abishai and to all his officials, in other words, he pretty much stops. Now, remember, there's a, there's a coup going on 300 yards away. David stops the parade. Guys, my son, my own flesh and blood is trying to kill me. This Benjamite, leave him alone. Let him curse. This is the lie. For the Lord has told him to do it. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore me to his covenant blessing instead of, instead of his curse today. He sees God in both. He sees, he sees the potential of God's blessing, but somewhere in there he believes God curses as well. And I point that out because I know how, where I'm going with it. But just keep that in mind. So David and his men continued on the road. The shimmy's just going along the hillside. <laughs> this guy is like fired up. He's just cursing. He's throwing stones, showering them with dirt. Like when he can't find stones, he's just throwing dirt. Just <laughs> You disgusting, dirty, nasty scoundrel. Shimmy's awesome. I mean, as a character, honestly. He, he would be, he'd be in any movie I, I put down on David. He's just great. Because you just can't make that kind of stuff up. He's just passionate. That man is passionately bitter. <laughs> Fast forward. <sighs> Few chapters. Second Samuel 19. The, the, it's, it, the whole coup is awesome study. And again, I go into detail. You can find it on the internet. Absalom, you know, makes fatal flaws. Absalom is not a good military leader. He was raised a prince. But he is good looking. I mean, the Bible constantly says that. He was a handsome man. I know what that's like. I do. I... <laughs> I got you. You guys are paying attention now. So... You know, if you've got to talk about bitterness, throw in a little bit of humor here and there. Uh, so in, in 2 Samuel 19, David is on his way back. 
Now, now it's probably been, probably been uh, three, two to three months. Because that's how long it would have taken Absalom to put together an army from every tribe of the nation. He decided to go after David on bad advice from a double agent who was working for David. He decided to put together an army from the nation to go after David. Uh, didn't work out well. See, you can skip details. I know. That was tough, though. Trust me. Didn't work out well. <laughs> I wanted to go into more detail again. For Absalom, it didn't work out well. So David, David's on his way back. Now, before he will cross the river, okay, where he cro- crossed over to go into exile, he, before he crosses the river, he's got to restore the nation. Because he wants to be taken back as king. So this whole process is probably taking about three weeks to get all the tribes, all the trade, uh, trade routes, all the, all the clansmen, all the elders, everybody. We need to meet David at the river and restore our commitment, our loyalty. We got to bring him back with honor. Because we clearly ran him out of town, so we need to bring him back in honor. And David understands that. It's the only way to heal the nation. You've got a civil war, you've got problems that go way deeper than, a, than a, you know, a son who happened to be a little rebellious. So David's, David understands this process. So he gets to the, to the river, and he sits there, and he waits. And he had, he had to call some special people in because not all the tribes wanted to be there. And then when all the tribes got there, they... You know, didn't all get along. They're all like, we're, we were loyal first. We were loyal first. Imagine that. People weren't getting along. Even under the reign of David, he had such a godly heart. I know. People still didn't like him. Another whole message. Okay, on, Bob. Verse 16. Then as Gilgal came out to meet the king and bring him across. Verse 16. This is awesome. Shimmy. The Benjamite hurried down with the men of Judah. That's David's tribe, people who should have wanted Shimmy dead. So he knows this is bad. He's from the Benjamite, right? Shimmy's the Benjamite. He's running down with the tribe of Judah. And with him, verse 17, were a thousand Benjamites. He brings a party of a thousand Benjamites to do what? He wants to make things right. When Shimei, the son of Gera, crossed the Jordan, he fell before the king and he said to him, May the Lord not hold me guilty. Do not remember how your servant did wrong on the day my lord, the king, left Jerusalem. May the king put out of his mind, for I, your servant, know that I have sinned. But today I've come here to be first among the tribes of Joseph to come down and meet my Lord and King. What? Only a few months later. Listen, sometimes you, this is what I think. I think Shimmy was bitter. I think it grew in him. He saw an opportunity. He jumped up on that hill and he just vomited all this stuff all over David. And I think when he was all done, he looked around and he realized I, I'm alone in this. <laughs> Wait, nobody, 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 nobody agrees with me. 
what have I, what have I believed? What, what have I followed? Because sometimes, you know, when you actually start speaking out the lies, all of a sudden you realize that, that that's not true. That's not true. The first thing you need to do to get rid of bitterness is recognize it. You need to recognize it. Identify it. And then, and then you need to forgive. You need to forgive the person that you were vomiting all over. And you need to forgive yourself for holding that bitterness against them. And then you need to renounce it, and then you need to replace it. And Shimmy does all of that in these verses. He's recognized that what he believed was a lie. David was the king. The Lord had put him there. The Lord did not curse him. David, uh, Shimmy, Shimmy begs for forgiveness. Shimmy was first among the tribes, all of them, to make sure that everyone knew, I cursed him publicly, I'm going to ask for forgiveness publicly. I'm not going to send a little you know, text message. Uh, sorry for what I said the other day. It might have made you feel bad. Um, I'm really sorry that you felt bad. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Like, what? what is that? That's not apologizing or asking for forgiveness. I can't tell you the number of times we would go over that with our children, right? No, you need to ask forgiveness. I said I was sorry. Mm, different thing. Different thing. What are you sorry for? I don't know. See, that's why we need to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> I'm glad you're sorry. Let's work through this again. What did you do? Now, what are you going to ask forgiveness for? I don't know. Okay, then I need to do a better job of explaining. Let's do this again. He does, Shimmy does everything right. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then verse 21, this is classic. This is awesome. Abishai, <laughs> he's, he's got his hand on his sword again. He's like, should I put him to death? Should I kill him now? Can I, can I kill him now? Because he cursed you. Remember, he cursed you on the way out. Just, David, can I kill him? Steve? It's like an example to all the tribes as what, you do, what happens to you when you curse God's anointed. Should, can, I, can I let the whole world know that nobody messes with somebody who's blessed by God? Can, can, can I, David? Basically, Ab, Abishai's like, he, he's kind of stuck in that religious manipulation mindset. Like, let me, let me show an example. And David responds, what does this have to do with you? <laughs> right? Stay out of other people's business, people. There's a lesson there, too. No, move on, Bob. Okay. What right do you have to interfere? Oh, that's another good question. And then David does this. He goes, should anyone be put to death in Israel today? Like we just got done with the Civil War. There's thousands of people that are dead. Thousands of parents that won't have their children. Husbands that won't be home. No one else goes, no one else dies today. I know that today I am king over Israel. So the king said to Shimei, you shall not die. And the king promised him an oath. See, Shimei knew what was on the line when he came here to David. He knew that, that death was on the line. 
But you know what he knew was worth it? Making things right. Getting rid of bitterness. Listen, bitterness always ends in death. Always. Why? Because it's from the enemy. Enemy is always out to kill you or kill something. Almost done. Shimei comes up again in the story of David. He comes up again because they, they made an oath, they made a connection, and Shimei would evidently had access to the palace. He would be around. I don't know what job he had. I don't know if he, if he needed one. He just maybe just was allowed to sit in the courtroom, court, courtyard, court, in the, he'd sit around. But in, but in 1 Kings chapter 2, David's on his deathbed. Like, you can just picture this guy, right? I mean, I, to me, this is, this is like classic. You know, the old ancient king with the wrinkles, the smile lines, and yet also the, the, the scars from battles and, and, you know, the heavy, hard breathing and, and the scruffy beard. I, I tried to look the part today. Uh, he, uh, he's curled up, you know, underneath. It, it says earlier, like, he has trouble staying warm, so he's got, like, all these, like, skins of, of sheep and camels and bears and lions and tigers. Like, he's got it all piled up around him. He's, he's just sitting there on kind of a throne bed because he can't move. He can't hardly breathe. He literally has just thwarted another civil war, another overthrow. So that makes three in his life that he's had to do. Solomon has been enthroned. And David David says some things to Solomon, and then he wants to say a couple last things. Now, remember, now twice, twice David did the right thing for Shimei. He didn't kill him. Twice, publicly displayed his humility and forgiveness. Twice. David looked, David looked right. But David had a seed of bitterness. Now, please don't get mad at me for ruining your hero in the Bible. David had a seed of bitterness. He's talking to Solomon. In verse 5, he goes after Joab, his, his commander, who was with him from the caves for probably close to 60 years. But Joab would periodically just do his own thing. And he killed two people that David David said, do not kill this person. And Joab said, no problem, boss. And then he came back and said, I don't know, they're dead. I don't know what happened. David's like, Solomon, you need to take Joab out. And then he says, and remember, you have with you Shimei, the Benjamite, who called down bitter curses on me that day when I left. He came down to meet me at the Jordan. I swore to him by the Lord, I would not put him to death with the sword. But now, 
Do not consider him innocent. You are a man of wisdom. You'll know what to do. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. This is like straight out of a scene of like the Godfather. This bitter root came to bloom on his death. It is the last recorded words of David. This, honestly, I'm speechless. Because I know the life of David. Of all the things to end your life. Like, you couldn't have quoted one of your songs. You couldn't have said something like, Selah, and just died. No. The last thing you say. Hey, Solomon. Again, you know, I picture the breath. Remember, Jimmy. <laughs> Solomon's like, what? You have Jimmy with you. <clears throat> Do not let him die naturally. Bring his head down with blood. Because he cursed me on that day. I'm telling you, this is brutal. And this is what bitterness will lead you to. There are a lot of awesome things about David. A lot, right? You could say, you could say, but, but Bob. He did the right thing. I know. I know bitterness is uh, deceitful. But Bob, what about all the time he spent in worship? In the presence of God? Surely, you know, God must have told him that, that, that this was a problem. Yeah, I know. What do you do every time God tells you there's a problem? Oh, I'm sure you take care of it. King David didn't. Listen, I have no doubt that God revealed this to him. There is no doubt. Because Holy Spirit is not, he, what does he do? He's like, Let me, let's deal with this. And what do we get to do? Choose. Do you want to deal with this? That's the conviction of Holy Spirit. Conviction of Holy Spirit is always an invitation. Do you, do you, would you like to deal with this? Would you like a deeper connection with me? Would you like a deeper relationship? And David kept saying yes, except for here. Joab and Shimei. David had an amazing connection with God. There's no denying that. He, he, he's a good guy. But he had this thing that he just kept saying, no, I don't want to deal with that. No, no, God, because they deserve what they're going to get. No, 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 because they offended me. No, no, no. They, 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 well, in Joab's case, they disobeyed me. Or in Shimmy's case, he cursed me when I was down and out. And, and Saul, I mean, he's telling Solomon, if, you know, with all the nuances of the language, he's saying, I know I forgave him in public, but he's with you now. I can't kill him. I can't even lift my head. You? 
You can take them out for me. You didn't make that promise. Fascinating. Bitterness is hideous. And it will kill. It will kill relationships. It will kill spiritual growth. It will kill creativity. It will kill you emotionally. And, a, and, and sometimes it will kill you literally. Or, or someone else in this case. You need to do the work. I want to I encourage you. Do the work. Identify. Forgive. Renounce. And replace. Because if you don't replace a lie with the, tr- with the truth, you leave an empty cave for more lies just to flow right in. Right? Jesus warns us about that. He's like, if you get rid of one, seven more will come back. Trust me. The enemies doesn't say like, oh, dang it. They found out what I was doing. I guess I'll leave them alone now. No, he's like, if you don't replace it with the truth, and sometimes it's going to take practice because you are so used to holding on to that bitter seed and you think, it's not that bad. Trust me, I, I don't know. My imagination says David kept looking at this periodically from the nudging of the Holy Spirit and kept saying, this isn't that bad. It's not that bad. It's just one, okay, two guys I want to kill. Just to, but honestly, there's so many other people that offended me, God. I forgave them all. He forgave entire, entire tribes, the nation of people that turned against him. He forgave them all. There were just two, just two, just two, God. I just want to take care of two. For, for you, I mean, you know, in, for you, I want to take care of these. In order to set my son up, the best way I, you know, the way, the way you, you would want them set up, God, I want, can I just kill two guys? Listen, you've got to replace it with the truth. <laughs> so I, I, know, I know some of you are, please don't get bitter that Bob destroyed your vision of David. Please, please. <laughs> I, I, I walked over this again this morning because, of course, I was up an hour earlier than usual. And, uh, and the, I, I just, I don't know if it was my personal prompting or maybe from Holy Spirit. Like, you need to warn people. They're gonna, some of them are not going to be happy with what you're going to do with, my, with, this, you know, with what I wrote. And I'm like, I know, but you, you, that's the last recorded words. That's powerful. So I want to encourage you, do the work. And then uh, change the world. That's it. You get rid of bitterness, you're going you're gonna to bring life to yourself. Because that's the truth, right? Bitterness is a life-sucking, hideous, nasty lie. You get rid of it, you are a life giver. You are filled with hope. You are filled with creativity. And you know what you can do with that kind of life-giving power? You can change the world. There you go. Have yourself a great day, everyone. And we'll see you again next week here at Faith Worship Center. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.